Welcome back to Ashy Knuckle Faithful. I'm your host, B. Woods. Got my boy, Mosey P. in the house tonight. Summo. Yo, yo. We got Poirier versus McGregor. The trilogy this weekend. It's going down. Uh, yeah, it should be a good one. It should be. Should be. We we can start with that, but we should probably save that for a little bit later. We also got some news and notes, um, fight announcements, and we didn't get that. We didn't have any events to. We don't have any events to review from last weekend. We had the weekend off, so it was surprising because you know they usually have. Fights all week long at the beginning of July. It used to be International Fight Week, but you know. Oh, how times have changed. So, are you serious? Sean O'Malley's fighting a guy from that works at Burger King. I'm looking at Sean O'Malley's opponent, and the guy. I mean, he's on a two-fight win streak. Can't give him that. But I think Sean O'Malley is the biggest favorite coming into this weekend's bouts at minus 835. Oh, my God. I just looked up this dude. He could be like the family dollar version of Sean O'Malley. Well, if Dollar Store O'Malley, he doesn't get respect from the UFC website. His picture is the shadowy default. He's Hip Hop Anonymous? He's Hip Hop Anonymous. And this is a, this is the opening main, of the main card. You're opening the main card with a guy that has no profile pick? He just made it yesterday. Yeah, he's still finishing his, his profile right now? Yeah, it's under construction. Oh, look, look at this. I sent you the picture of the guy. Look at this. Look at him. Let me see this thing. Great value, O'Malley. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's Sean O'Malley with a worst tattoo artist. He's shorter by a good bit too. I think they're just this is um they're trying to set this dude up for a O'Malley highlight. He made his debut in his last fight, uh O'Malley's opponent. His name it looks like Chris Montino. Montenio? Montino? That sounds about right. He made his debut in his last fight. Um, he got the got the win, but it's so know. strange. I'm I'm reading his profile, and this it doesn't make any sense. I guess they're not. He has no stats. 
Well, like he uh likes long walks on the beach. <laughs> I remember reading his dating profile, but next to his fighter profile, it says he got um thirty three percent win by TKO, and he has a sub win, but it's a and decision wins. However, it says his average fight time is zero seconds. The flash. No, no, no strikes landed. No stripes absorbed. Grappling defense zeros. He has zeros next to everything. So maybe he, maybe his last fight wasn't in the UFC, but maybe like the contender series or something like that. Because it is unless they're saying like his this is his debut, which doesn't make any sense either. You know these guys on these uh UFC websites with everything they they don't know what they're doing sometimes yeah i would say their ability to keep information is suspect at best they might be high Honestly. yeah i'm not getting much but that's the opening event on <clears throat> this weekend's that's the opening caught fight on the main card for a po- dustin poirier versus conor mcgregor the rubber match um, some really good fights on that card. It looks it looks like a solid one. This is a solid pay per view. I just wish they switched around some of the fights, like the prelims, and oh, he got moved up to the oh, she got put down to the the early prelims. Jennifer Maya and Jessica I. Yeah, did a main event of the early prelims. Yo, Brad Tavares is on the early prelims too. Yeah, that's that's decent for early prelims. Yep, he got Omari Akhmedov. You already know where that fight might be going. Yep. The the fights on the prelims that one sees the the last two, Nico Price against uh Michelle Pereira. I probably said it all wrong. But the dude that be breakdancing when he uh wins? Yeah, yeah. The dude that right. do the backflip on the guy? Yep. Yeah, I want to see that fight. I think that's going to be fireworks. The guy that Ryan Hall's fighting is undefeated. Ilya Tapuria. He's 10-0. Man, Ryan Hall probably have more wins. If people took some fights against him. That's a good point. And nobody want uh to get their limbs snapped off. And uh Trevin Giles, he's on a pretty good streak. I think he just became a cop in his like outside of the cage life. He took some time off to go to the police academy. Who, Ryan Hall? No, uh Trevin Giles. Oh, He's opening the the early, the prelims. He's a, the opening on the the regular prelims. So he a cop. Yep. Mike Larry, Jay Reed. <laughs> He's Bad Jake. boy for life. That's Jake. <laughs> hey Jake, I want a beer. I'm thirsty. Then Max Griffin and Carlos Condit. Condit's the Underdog in this one. 
Max Griffin is a beast. Oh man, this that this fight, Carlos Condit's like the ultimate gamer. We know that. This dude is never in a boring fight. Um, Carlos Condit's a legend for that. But yeah, I think uh, Max Griffin's minus one ninety favorite next to his name is is um is warranted, bro. Like he's he's really good. And I mean, Under has two inches of height, but the reach is like the arm reach. Max Griffin has him by by half inch. He got some power, man. Uh, Max Griffin does. His last fight was against that. I think that one Korean dude, Song Kinan. I think he might be Chinese. My bad. I think it was on that. I think it was on the same card as. Um, remember when we watched the Masvidal card with Wei Li? I think he was on that card too. No, it was uh before that. It was before that. Yeah. Okay. But this will be, I mean, he fought the only other competition that I can say he has um, like he's lost to a lot of big names. And uh, yeah, Max Griffin, I mean, he lost to uh, uh, got him too, I believe. Who's that? Kobe. Brazilian cowboy did. Tiago Alves got him. Curtis Milliner. I think Kobe Covington um, beat him up. Yep. He got TK. I was going to Kobe's TKO when back in August of back in August of 2016. Wow. He don't really get too many of those, Kobe Covington. No, he don't. Kobe's the decision master. He's like the exciting John Fitch. Yeah, because bro. he has that that wrestling style heel persona. Yeah, he's trying to make uh, Poirier look bad too. Saw that a while ago. He posted it again just, I think, yesterday. Yeah, apparently that guy that was in that sparring footage was supposed to be like a, some kind of first-timer. Not that first-timer, but like a newer guy to the gym. But he was like, they were trying to teach him a lesson because he was kind of, I guess he was maybe he was being a dick or something. And then Poirier was like supposed to like like supposed to like hurt him. Teach him a lesson. But. I don't know. I'm not a fan of people leaking sparring footage because that's that's supposed to be in the gym. Like in the, what happens in the gym stays in the gym type thing. 
but I don't know if he can make him really look bad with that. Yeah. What's he supposed to do? Like let the dude sauce him up. If 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 um the guy if they if he's in there sparring with him, I I guess like uh, unless they they supposed to take it easy on each other. If like one guy's getting ready for a fight or something, but if they're in there just trying to hone their skills, they're they sh- you should be going full clip and trying to get sharper. I think but, he's just trying to uh, draw attention to himself. Yeah, but I, I, but by throwing Poirier under the bus, it's. I think it's a. I don't know. I don't know about that move because Poirier kind of has this like. He's building this kind of like good guy persona with all his like charity work and stuff like that. So it's. I think he's a little bit like Teflon when it comes to that. At least right now, like it's it's hard to not like Dustin. He says all the right things, and his public image is like kind of spotless. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's an all-around good guy. Right. So for somebody like Kobe, who has this. He's the kind of guy that stirs the pot. Like you know, he's the ult- like he like he loves to talk shit and his whole game is getting under your skin by talking talking a ton of shit and being like pretty like no holds barred when it comes to what he'll he'll say or do outside of the ring to create buzz. So it's like it's not coming from like that, that uh, the accusation that Dustin's an asshole coming from an asshole is kind of like you kind of want to side with Dustin unless proven otherwise. So, you all we all we all hear stories about guys who go a little bit ham in the gym, and I saw a list of that this weekend. And surprisingly, some of the names that came up were. Was, well, I was surprised by some of the names that came up. Like, I, like the, uh, the the I watched the top ten gym bullies list. Guys who just go super hard, yeah, on their teammates. One of the uh, highest ranked guys on that list was Overeem. Apparently, he's like pretty big gym bully and he's responsible for a lot of guys getting hurt before fights can you imagine that big ass motherfucker like you're a middleweight or some shit oh break your ribs (laughs) with a kick or something hell yeah he's just like going full uberim on you Apparently, Hector Lombard is one of those guys, too. I seen him piece up that dude that got in the ring after his fight, his last one. I, I thought I was, I was um, in, that, in that situation, I think Hector Lombard was in the right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that guy should have like not gotten his face and tried to steal his moment. Dude just won. Like, I mean, if you want to cut a promo, you shouldn't like get in the ring and like take that guy's shine. Say something on Twitter. Like, come on, bro. He tried to do it old school. And he got he stuck by somebody that is old school. Exactly. Hector Lombard's like, what, 40? You don't play that shit. So, yeah, the next fight on that uh, main card is Aldana against Yana. Kunis, Kuniskaya? Yeah. She's the one that's dating uh, Santos, right? Or are they married? Yes. I don't know if they're married. I know they're... They're in each other's corners. I know they're involved. I don't know if they got the courts involved. But I do know that they are involved to some capacity. Uh, I think this fight's a coin flip, honestly. Yeah. I was I would agree. I think this this is a toss up. Um they're both like right in that thick of the top five in their divisions. So a win could help either one of them get closer to the title. Well, uh, Aldana got knocked off by Holly Holm in her last fight, so she's like stuck. That's why she got, I guess, pushed back to where she's at. But she was on the rise. I'm pretty sure she would have beat Holly Holm. She would have had the next title shot against uh, Amanda Bantamweight. Kuniskaya has a, a two-fight win streak. So, if she can get three in a row. If she beats her, she'll probably, well, Aspen Ladd's still up there, too. Yeah, that was the last girl she lost to. She, she lost to Kunis, Kunis, she was Ladd, Kuniskaya's last loss was to Aspen Ladd. But if Aspen can, I'm not asking, but if um, Yana can put together another win, that'll make it three in a row. And she's the decision master as well. Most of her wins are by decision, too. So, I mean, she's only, she's gotten some losses, but the names she's lost to are Cyborg and Aspen Ladd. In the last like seven fights, so that American, this American top team prospect uh, out of Russia has some promise. And she fought Cyborg. Yep. Yeah. She got knocked out though. First round. And only person that didn't really get knocked out was Amanda because she knocked her out. Yep. I mean, these ladies be holding on for uh, dear life fighting Cyborg. She has that... Cyborg has that Mike Tyson aura to her when it comes to... when When she gets in the ring with these these girls, man, 
I think some of them had like already lost before the fight started. Yep. They just they getting there just trying to survive. <laughs> Every time. Amanda was Amanda wasn't having none of that shit. Alright, uh, you ready for this next one? I am. I seen uh what's his name? Ty Two Avasa said his fight with Greg Hardy is big and strong versus fat and strong. <laughs> That's what he said. That seems like an accurate that seems accurate. He's giving up five and a half inches of reach to Greg Hardy. Mr. Shui Vasa is. But we all know how Greg Hardy's career has been so far in the UFC. He's pretty much like a tornado in that first round. In the first like two or three minutes of that first round, he's hell. And if he can get you, if he can hurt hurt you in that first, you know, that first round, that first few minutes, he can get, he gets he can win. He can get he can get you out of there. He's extremely powerful, but that gas tank is suspect. Bam Bam's known for being tough. He he can handle some. Uh, I mean, he has some setbacks. Obviously, not he's not defeated. He got three L's, but he's proven he can take a shot and um, you know, weather the storm a little bit, like. Pretty much all of his fights, he ends up bloody and battered. But somehow, some way, he finds a way to get the dub. I mean, he got, does he got any? Uh, oh, that's all I needed to know. I was gonna say, does he have any like takedowns and submission wins and zero and zero for the both of them? Nope. He's a stand-up guy. Okay, so this should be this should be pretty quick. You would assume that because of like how I mean both guys match up. Neither one of these guys are known for the grappling. But this happens a lot where you'll you'll see guys who both have they have a similar skill set and the fight ends up being the opposite. Where you'll have two wrestlers who don't have much striking at all, but because they're both just, their wrestling cancels each other out, they'll end up in a kickboxing match. You know what I mean? And then in this fight, I think you got two guys who are both the stand-up knockout types. This might end up in a tussling match, a wrestling match, or a grappling match, just because one guy or the other guy might feel like they have an edge in the grappling over the other, and they'll be trying to prove it most of the fight. Instead of going for that, like, all right, I'm a knockout artist, and you are. Let's see who can get there first. I think that will be more entertaining. <laughs> They're going to be so tired. That's what I'm saying. I feel like if they get into a, some kind of grapple exchange, They'll be done. Oh, I know Greg Hardy will be a shell of himself by the third round. But if they get into some kind of brawl, I don't. I would take the under on one round. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. think that should be minutes. 
That fight will last minutes long if they just come out there swinging for the fences and see who can connect first. I mean, it might happen. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping it's... I'm hoping it is how the matchup looks like it's going to be. Like when Usually when you get two guys who don't grapple a ton, they just look forward to fighting guys who want to stand and trade. Like this is the kind of fights where they make the highlight reel when they get a guy who's willing to, you know, just stand in the pocket and throw bombs. Yeah, the matchmakers knew what they're doing with this one. Yeah. This should be fun. This is a good way to um This is a this is on the main event, right? I'm in the main car, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. I like that. And then you I mean, after this fight you you roll right into Gilbert Burns versus Steven Wonderboy Thompson. That's surging technical matchup. Yes. I, I give the edge in grappling to Gilbert Burns. Oh, oh by a mile. <laughs> by a mile. Yeah. Gil's Gil, Gil an excellent ju- um jujitsu player. Uh, Steven Thompson is no slouch at grappling himself. His, his wrestling is really good. Training with Weidman and all them boys. He, um, he's hard to take down. And we already know what he can do in stand-up. He got, like, he got the ability to turn, like, really good-looking strikers Into uh, highlight reels. I just, I, I, I want to see how Gilbert Burns closes the distance. I do too. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how Gilbert bounces back from that crazy. That that was a pretty devastating loss to Usman, and we haven't seen him in the octagon since. Oh, he was heartbroken after that. Yeah. That was a bit. That was a pretty big loss. I'm curious to see if he can come back and, you know, face another tough test because this is a whole like Usman is a. I mean, he's a champion, so obviously he's a tough out for anybody. But so is Stephen Thompson. He's basically the welterweight Machida, where he has this karate style that is different for everybody and. Another thing about um, Wonderboy that's tough to deal with is the length. Like, he's a tall welterweight to go with that karate style. And coming into this fight, he has a four-inch arm reach advantage and a two-inch leg reach advantage over Gilbert Burns. So Gilbert's going to have to close the distance because playing that outside kickboxing game is going to be in Wonder Boy's favor. Oh, definitely. He might get One caught thing with I like, a say, crazy kick or so. What's up? He might get caught with a crazy kick or so. Yeah, yeah. I can see that happening. I can see a head kick like TKO. Because Gil, Gil is wild. Yep. That's one thing about his stand-up. It's it's like a double edged sword though, because he because Gilbert does have power, so he can put you down. Like I mean, if he can connect, 
he is wild and aggressive in his stand-up approach, Gilbert Burns is. But when he does connect, he does have the ability to put people down and knock them out. And we've seen Wonderboy knocked out, even by smaller fighters. I mean, with just with with um, what Pettis did should give Gilbert Burns camp some hope that there's a shot there. That there's like you know, if they can get the if they can put some shots together, string some combinations together, and catch Wonderboy, they can put him out. I th- and I think that might be just like, you know, the game plan for Gilbert Burns, close distance and put some combinations together and try to test Steven, let's try to test one of the boys chin. That's a lot easier said than done though. So I think uh, I agree. I'd be, I would be leaning more towards the, uh, wonder boy in this one. Yeah. I've def- got some names on his record. Yes, he does. Yes. He, he has an impressive resume. He took out Jeff Neal, Luke. He knocked out Robert Whitaker. Yup. Roy McDonald. Masvidal. Yeah. Yeah. It means it, the only person that that he hasn't faced so far is the champ and Kobe yeah. at, at 170 pounds. I mean, he's went. He's faced the who's who of the division, except for a, like a few guys. I mean, he hasn't fought Kamaru, Leon, or Kobe. And those are the three top guys right now, outside of the man himself. But he's he's been there with everybody, everybody else, and he's going in there right now against number two ranked Gilbert Burns. I don't want to count Gilbert out in this one, really. To say it's gonna be an easy one for 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 Stephen Thompson only because like we've seen we've seen Wonder Boy knocked out yeah. against um like and I, when I see that uh, I just don't I can't count a guy that has knockout power out that easily. I mean, especially coming off that uh, embarrassing loss, like he came off of. To that uh, that title fight versus Kamaru, I think Gilbert Burns is gonna want to get back in there and and prove something. So he's, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be heavily, heavily motivated. You think if uh, Wonder Boy wins, he jumps the queue? Yes, impressively, or just a win. If he just wins, let's say he just ekes out like a split decision. Uh-huh. Then it would depend. I think if he just kind of like got a narrow division, I think we'll, we'd see something like um, a bigger push for Kobe versus Usman too. Yeah, if it's a narrow split decision, close fight decision. Because it's only three rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So if but if if Wonder Boy can put together like a highlight reel type win, then I think he does jump the line. Given that we ha- we just haven't seen that matchup yet. 
And I know you, we all know that Usman does not like Kobe. So he'll pretty much like force that to go as long as it. They'll basically have to like force them into the ring. Because he's not going to do Kobe any favors. Yep. Now, win here, a huge win here for Burns, I think, would shake things all the way up. And open a door for some guys, too. Because you know Gilbert's going to want that rematch. And he's sitting right there at number two. So if he were to come in and let's say he comes in and he starches Steven Thompson. Now we're talking about a guy who only lost to the champ and he's number two and he just knocked out the number four contender. So if Gilbert Burns can pull uh, off a big win, I think he's, um, I don't know if he'll be able to skip the line, but it's going to be, he has a case. He would definitely have uh, some argument, some argument. I mean, Getting beat the way he did against Kamaru doesn't look that good, but fuck, if you look at the names he beat before that, I mean, the dude was only like what? He lost to Dan Hooker in 2018, and then he's went win, 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 win since then until the Kamaru fight. You know they could do if he wins, if Gilbert Burns wins. They could fight or have him fight either Leon Edwards or Kobe, right? Right. For number one contender fight or something. I would. I think the fights the the fight to make with me would be Kobe. Kobe's been he he's only had one fight since the Kamaru loss, and they yeah. both have had one fight since their loss to Kamaru. And I think you put these two guys together, let them match up, and I think you make the Leon versus the Leon Edwards. I know that I wouldn't talk about that, but there's a rumor of Leon Edwards finally getting that Corey Masvidal matchup that he's been asking for. That was the other thing I was gonna say. If they do Gilbert Burns against Leon, they got the money maker fight that's gonna sell itself. With okay. Kobe and Masvidal. That's true. That fight sells itself. Just, just on. They would have to make that the main event of a pay per view. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I mean, look, they there's so many matchups that can be had. That's one of them that can be big. Because I mean, you got a storyline between former teammates, former roommates who went from being good friends to, like, they can't stand each other now. Yep. Both big trash talkers, both good on the mic. So you make that fight, the press conferences and all the stuff leading, all the media scrum leading up to that should be really entertaining. They'll probably be airing airing each other out, both live and online. Every day. Yeah. I mean, look, I want to see some more activity 
in this welterweight division. The only person that we see right now that's active is the champion. He's the most active. Right. Everybody else seems to be content with letting their gums move, just flapping their jaws and not getting in the ring. So um, that's like my favorite division. 170 is probably my favorite division in the entire sport. And I want to see some of these names match up against each other. I want to see, I've been wanting to see Kobe Burns for a long, Kobe versus Gil for a long time. And if, if Gil Burns can pull this off, I think that is the next step. You think Kamaru wants to sit out though for the rest of the year? No, I don't. I don't, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. He seems to want to be active. Well, he's been active, so he might now want some time off. I mean, obviously, his last performance he didn't take much damage. No, so. He might want to get back in there. I mean, those championship paydays are pretty damn good. When you're the belt holder, that check's a lot thicker than it was when you weren't. So, And you know Kamaru wants to extend that streak and further cement himself as like the welterweight king. So they don't have uh, nothing lined up for October yet. I think we got to see how some of these fights shake out first before we There's start talking fight. about his next matchup. Because I, I think, uh, like, I think we, we, you're right. Like, I think a lot of the contendership matchups for Kamaru are in these bookings. Like, I think this and this, we can circle this one right here. This Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thomas matchup. And I think this is where you get the next contender. Yeah, the matchmakers are probably, even though Dana White did say Kobe was next, I think the matchmakers are actually waiting for this fight to take place before they move forward with making other fights. Yeah, I think so too. It only makes sense. I mean, we can also we can, I I can even see the case of doing like a rematch with Kobe beforehand. Bef- even like I mean, like them booking that in the, before the dust settles on some of these matchups that we saw, spoke about, just because you know both guys are available, and there's not like you said, there's not a ticket yet in October, and both Kobe and Usman are available. I wonder what, what, what they're waiting for them. I'm pretty sure it's um They probably announced something. I, I would say it's money conference on right now. I would definitely say it's money. Like um how much money Kobe wants. And then um with that. probably Usman trying to like take the lion's share of it. You know what I mean? Because like the last time they fought, Kobe had the interim belt, right? So I'm pretty sure. Did he have it, or did they strip I, him of it already? They did strip him, but he he didn't lose the, the, that belt that he had. So he was kind of walking around with it still. When he had that that whole fake belt thing, 
He has so, an old belt. Right. So from that perspective, he could still probably, he probably got a pretty decent payday out of that, given the fact that it was, like, technically speaking, champ versus champ. Like, the interim champion versus the actual champion. But in this one, it, Kobe's just going to be a contender, so he might be getting a lot less. And that's probably what's are being offered a lot less. I'm sorry. And that's probably what's holding this up. That's why it hasn't been signed yet. And I'm, I'm, I, I know that Uzma's not going to do him any favors. So he's not going to make it easy. Even if they, uh, those guys don't like each other. So he's going to, if he beats him, okay. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I really don't see nobody beating Usman right now. Well, I mean, if he, let's say they booked the Kobe Covington fight and Usman goes out there and knocks out Kobe again, he will just be literally lapping against opponent, lapping these guys that these opponents because he's pretty much going up against all the names. And has a victory over all the names at Walterway except for two guys. He really doesn't have a victory over uh, Wonder Boy and some of the uh, guys who are like those fringe top ten guys that are up and coming in the UFC Walterway division, like they're like that are basically newcomers, like Kiesa. Yeah, but the tenured guys, the guys that have been Walterway for a long time. Um, the champion is um, already beaten. Has, has already have, already has a win over him, and a lot of those guys are still in contention for the belt. So, I mean, and we already named them like both Gilbert, Gilbert Burns, Kobe Covington, and Leon Edwards have a loss to the current champ, and they're in the top five of the welterweight division right now. So. It wouldn't be tough to book a rematch versus any one of those guys either, especially if Gilbert Burns can beat Stephen Thompson impressively. And you got the main event. Now, I've been flip flopping on this one, bro. Because my heart. Is telling me that Connor's gonna want to prove himself. Like anytime Connor asks for a snap rematch, he he usually comes out on top. Motivated Connor. Motivated Connor. I know we always hear stories about how guys are in the best shape of their lives. And all this stuff leading up to a fight. But this does represent, I think, a big point for Connor in his career, especially given that if he if if he is able to beat Dustin, you know he's getting a title shot. Oh, I'm pretty sure whoever wins is getting a title shot no matter what. In fact, I saw an interview and I think it was already confirmed by uh 
Uncle Dana himself. Well, yeah, we. I think the, the only reason Dustin Poirier didn't fight for the title was to book this rematch. Payday. Right. You're not stupid. Hell no. Why would you not? Like, why would you not take this? It's going to be another huge payday. He's probably getting paid more for this fight than he would if he fought for the title. I wouldn't doubt that. And at this point, we kind of know what we get in Connor, right? Like, we know that Connor is that super explosive, very rangy. Um, he has knockout power in the first two rounds, but after that, it's a, it's a big drop off for Connor. And we know Dustin Poirier can go hard five. So you, you would think that anything, any fight that goes under two rounds would be all Conor McGregor. And anything over two rounds would be all Poirier. And that kind of conventional wisdom is what I subscribe to when I think about how to, I, I see the outcome of this fight. I think McGregor's going to go for ape shit in that first round and try to get him out of there. Because I think at this point in in their careers, I think Conor kind of knows what he he knows he knows what he has, and he did hurt Dustin that first fight and that 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 last matchup. He did hurt him. Oh but, yeah. So I I think if if you're if you're in Conor's corner, I don't think this is the time to be trying to work on your cardio and see if you can last five rounds. I think I think you just look go for broke and those go for broke. Try to get get the KO in the earlier stages because that's when he's the most dangerous. That's what he's most famous for. And that's the kind of performance that will give a big shot in the arm, a desperately needed shot in the arm for Connor going forward. Like some controversial five-round decision win against Dustin, I think would kind of uh, put a little bit of a taint on McGregor's career. I mean, he did it against Diaz, the second fight. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And it was an immediate rematch as well. That, that, would, kind of, that would taint his career. I think the, uh, the only thing that gives... Him back that that mystic Mac mystique is if he comes out there and just puts Poirier away. He has to come out there and knock Dustin out in the first round. Look impressive, talk some shit, and get that that swagger back. I, mean, I like like when Connor's swaggy and talking shit and being you know the notorious one. That's when he's at his best, and that's when. This division is at its best when you have that version of Connor walking around. It was really humble in their last fight. Exactly. That, that wasn't the Connor that, that wasn't the guy that got there. No. You don't get there by being humble. He was a really nice guy. Very nice. He was really nice against Cowboy, too. He looked a little more like, uh, He looked more like himself when he fought Cowboy. He he was really respectful. But with Dustin, he was shaking hands, hugging him, you know, 
got his hot sauce, doing all that stuff. He wasn't really like his old self at all. Do you make anything of that? I don't know. Maybe that he had a uh, whole year off again. Plus, he probably overlooked Dustin because it was an easy clap for him before. And he just probably thought it was going to be the same thing. That's reasonable. But this time, though, if he is actually motivated, it could be pretty crazy. It could be because Dustin could be could fall right back into that same trap where he might be underestimating Connor a little bit. Yeah. Um I think Connor he might have given he might have underestimated Dustin a little bit in their in their uh last matchup. Cause the first time around they there was some crazy shit talking mental warfare going on between those two on the yeah. first go around. How long ago? That was what, seven, eight years ago or something? Yeah, they were both really new to the division, to the sport. And it wasn't even in, it wasn't in 155. That fight was at 145. Yep. And that was at the time when, um, you know, Connor, we know what Connor went on to do in that, in that span. He went on a, a very impressive run, including knocking off some some of the top names in the sport at 155 and 145. I mean, he beat in that span, he beat Max, he beat Dustin, Aldo, Mendez, Chad Mendez, and um, Eddie Alvarez at 155. So, that was that, that was the version of Connor that was brash, cocky, you know, talking a lot of shit, and like, you know, being that that potster, um, and it wasn't until the Khabib fight where he started to be a little bit more humble. And you know, I want to see that fire back in in Connor, and I think if he does have that, I think he can he can pull it off. Now, on the other hand, Dustin has done nothing but get better since their last fight. Like when when the last time they did fight at featherweight this is this is nowhere near the same guy like dustin's filled out his frame he's a lot more mature he's his stand-up game's gotten better his ground game's gotten better like he's basically better overall across the board in every like aspect including experience so I think that was the difference in that fight versus um, Connor the second time was the fact that Dustin just got better, man. Like he, he's a much improved fighter over not just like, he's not just a better version of himself. He's now like one of the top guys at 155 pounds. Like I think there's a handful of guys that have a legit claim to the title. And he's among them. Yeah, some people say he is the the uncrowned champ or whatever. Uh, no argument for me. For me, I mean, I think he, I think he is too. I mean, well, while 
obviously, whenever you have a, a championship vacated where you have a dominant guy who ran the division forever with Khabib, and he just, you know, gave the belt up. There's going to be like a scramble there, like a little power vacuum. And there was a couple guys who we had our eyes on to be the heir apparent, you know, like the, the guy to come up and take that, that title after Kapi was gone. And one of them was definitely Dustin Poirier, but Charlie, Charlie Oliveira was the, the second guy in that, in my mind. And he's the current title holder. And we felt, I felt like for a while that, you know, he was kind of the uncrowned king too. But he, um, he, he, he's uncrowned king no more. Given that these guys are fighting on Saturday, I think Oliveira will probably defend the title before he fights either one of them. Who are you thinking? Gaethje. Hmm. If not Gaethje. Oh, his last fight was Khabib, right? Yep. Ah, they. Poirier's last loss was Khabib. Same with Gaethje. <laughs> yep. He might end up fighting Darius. Or maybe Michael Chandler. Yeah. Yeah, I can see either one of those fights um, coming up. But now he he's definitely making some making a name for himself at 155. Started to make some noise. And uh, we saw how Chandler came on the scene. Yeah. Man knocked out Dan Hooker and then uh, cut a WWE promo. I'm trying to tell you, Dare you should ever fought Oliveira because, you know, Oliveira been fighting forever. Yeah, he's a Oliveira. He's an OG, even though he's really young. Yep. He got a lot of fights under his belt. They never fought. But in this matchup, though, man, I just think, like, like I said, I, I, I can, I can see Connor getting the an early stoppage, but. If this turns into a dog fight and it goes anything past two rounds, I'm heavily leaning Dustin. I think he's just a better overall fighter. Like he has the better, he has more well-rounded skills. Do you think Connor's gonna come out throwing his own leg kicks this time? Yeah. Similar to how he did with the second Nate fight. Yep. Well, against Nate, I, I rewatched that one too. That that's that's a fight I rewatched a couple of days ago. I rewatched the McGregor Nate Diaz part two, and Connor hurt his legs at the end of that fight. He's like he needed crutches to leave this to leave the um, this the arena. He threw so many leg kicks. Well, I mean, he, he dropped him last time, too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he dropped Nate like four times in the first two rounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He took it to him. But then he started backpedaling and running backwards. 
sideways, running forwards, in a way. He was trying to get out of there. Yeah, he's looking at the clock too. I don't know, man. Will it be a wide open karate stance, Connor? Uh, I think that Connor has the best. Whatever I think he's gonna use. Okay, I'll I'll say this. If you're pro Connor, you want to see him use whatever tactic it takes to express himself as fully as he can physically in the first two rounds. Yeah, I don't want to see him trying to do some kind of energy management and go to distance. Because I think that I, that I think that doesn't favor him versus Dustin. If you're pro Dustin, you want to see a patient McGregor. Because that the longer the fight goes, the more it favors Dustin. I mean, he called him twice. What three, two, three times in the first round, right? In their last fight. Yeah, he had him hurt, but ultimately speaking. Dustin was able to do more damage, obviously. Yep. Those those calf kicks, you know, they paid off, and then I think Dustin's a better just pure. Dustin's a better fighter overall. Like I, I, I can't. The only category I would say Connor has over Dustin, as far as like skill set would be, would be, I would say Connor's more explosive, and Connor has more pure knockout power. Yeah, like one shot knockout power. That that's what I was gonna say. He could put people away with one shot. I mean, he's done it plenty of times already. Not so much at fifty five though. No, the only person he uh he had to like swarm him really to put him away. Eddie Alvarez and Cowboy. Right. He, but he's not one punching anybody in um, 55. Nope. I mean, he's gotten a lot. He's still doing damage, and he does his best work in the first few rounds with pretty much all of his wins. But he's not, he's not going out there putting out anyone with one shot at 155 like he was doing at 145 pounds. So... I think this is pretty much Dustin's fight to lose. And he's in that, Conor has that uh, kind of puncher's chance type deal. But if he's motivated, he, he can get it done. Yeah, I mean, he's at a crossroads right now. If he loses, ooh. Ain't nothing really going to change for Dustin. I feel that. But, like, he's still going to be in the top five. and. Another win or two will put him right back up there for title talks. But Connor loses again. He might have what? Another Nate fight. Yep. I can't really think of who a Tony Ferguson fight, maybe. He can also um get in there with Masvidal. Oh, 170? Go up to 170 for Masvidal. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, there's some matchups to be had, but I think this is an opportunity for Conor to try to, if, if he can ever get the belt back, 
this is his chance. Because, I mean, if he can get, if he can beat Poirier, I think he matches up well against um, the current champion, not Charlie Oliveira. Because Oliveira can be knocked out. We've seen that. Yep. And while he's a great grappler, he's not necessarily an excellent wrestler. He's an okay wrestler who's amazing at jiu-jitsu. But he's not the kind of guy, like, Connor, um, I mean, people think that Connor's got no wrestling. It's not that he doesn't have any wrestling. His takedown defense ain't that bad. He but did all right against Khabib. He did. And he did, all, he did all right against a lot of guys who just tried to come in there and take him down only. Like, he did good against Eddie Alvarez. Mm-hmm. He did good. Um, I mean, he had a, much, a nice showing against, on short notice, Versus Chad Mendez, who's a really good wrestler. But um, I think you don't remember the times when you see him fall short. And pretty much anyone falls short to Khabib's wrestling. That's another thing I want to kind of get into. We always talk about the differences in levels in striking. Like when you see a guy like Israel Adesanya out there against another elite striker, you can see him pick that guy apart and they and then you see the gap and this the skill gap in um striking but i mean even it's it's really subtle but in in MMA we also see that in wrestling like you'll see guys who have really good wrestling when you see guys who have excellent wrestling and then you used to have those rare guys like the guys i'm going to mention now like the Khabib Nurmagomedov and John Jones and Daniel Cormier, where they, these guys go up against other guys who have really good wrestling, and they make them look like amateurs, or they make them look like they don't have the wrestling credentials that they actually do have. Because when you go back and you watch Ryan Bader versus John Jones, or John Jones versus um, Matt Hamill, John Jones versus Daniel Cormier versus um, Rashad Evans. All these guys who were like top tier wrestlers. They didn't look like it against John. And you look at Khabib's resume. He, you, go, you, go, you look at the, the matchups he had uh, like with guys like Justin Gaethje and um, Blayson Tebow, which is probably arguably his toughest fight. Dustin Poirier, guys who you consider really good wrestlers, and then, or even Ally Quinta, because he's considered a really good wrestler. Dustin just, you know, made him look bad. Not Dustin, I'm sorry, Khabib, just made him all look bad. And the same for um, Daniel Fournier. Like, you, you watch him ragdoll guys who are considered, you know, some of the best wrestlers in the sport. So there's levels to it, man. It's like, it's like there's. That platinum tier of guys who are those hand like those handful that I just mentioned, and then there's you know a lot of guys in that gold tier who are really good, and then you know it just kind of falls from there. But Dustin is he's his wrestling's underrated because he doesn't he he's one of those guys who he likes to stand and bang and use his boxing so. 
I think we might see a different version of Dustin in this one where he might come out and try to grind on Connor and make him like do use some dirty boxing and use that like make it a gritty fight. Cause I think I think Dustin expects Connor to be prepared for the leg kicks this time. That's true. Maybe it'll clinch him. Try to get him up against the fence. Dirty box. Use them shoulders. Shoulders. <laughs> All right. Yep. You never know. The game plan might be let's let's just wear him out. And who knows? The whole fight to like round three or four, and then they just put him away again. Yep. And I mean, who knows? He might be. Yep. It might be like business as usual. Like, look, he didn't stop it first time. Let's, let's make him prove he, he know how to defend against these low calf kicks. Yep. It, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. But I'm pretty sure um, the McGregor camp is ready for the the, low, the calf kicks this time. Oh, if they come on, man! If they did not prepare for that, then they're crazy. Oh, his his head coach isn't too bad. What's up? His head coach. I forgot his name, but uh, he's not too bad. Yeah, 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 that guy. He's he's really good. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it for a second. In fact, that's what's that's what makes me look. Like I said, my heart is leaning Connor. And none of it makes sense. That's why I say it's my heart. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, my brain is like, bro, Dustin all the way. Like, by any metric. If you're talking about, like, he has the stamina, you know that Dustin won't quit. Even, and Connor's been a little suspect about that. Like, when, yo, when it starts getting a little tough, Connor does have the, he does seem to wane in the later rounds. And kind of like falter a little bit. Whereas Dustin's game, you know he's not going nowhere. You gotta you gotta put him away. He's not gonna quit. You know Dustin's not gonna quit. Um I give the boxing edge to Dustin. I give the grappling edge to Dustin. He has the cardio advantage. And I think just overall fight skills is where it's like what like we say all the time about these guys who have one dominant skill set, but they don't have the ability to pull it all together and use it. Dustin's got, he does. He does have the ability to put all of it together. Where his wrestling and his boxing and his kicking, everything is seamless. Like he's doing one technique after the other and not like, there's no reset. It's not, oh, we're grappling now. Okay, now we're striking. Then we're going to go back to um, grappling. Now I'm going to kick you. It's more of like, all these techniques just blend well together. So I think he's a better overall mixed martial artist than Connor. But my heart just says this is I feel like there's opportunity here, man. Like where like, you know, Khabib's gone. And I think Connor's gonna wanna get that taste of gold again. So there might be a little fire ignited in him. And that's why I don't want to go against him in this matchup, even though 
nothing, none of it makes sense. Like, I don't have a legit reason other than that. You know. You know if he wins this, he's going to get that title shot. And it's, I, I've, made, I've lost a lot of money betting against Connor in these situations. Yeah, I see it happening at the end of the year, probably December. Like the last, uh, you know, the end of the year card or something. I see that one yep. happening. That'll be Connor uh, versus Oliveira. If mm-hmm. he wins. If he wins. They'll probably load up that card, actually. Oh, there's going to be fans there, too, right? At this one? Yeah. Yes, I, be- I think I believe so. I believe this will have fans in attendance. The other one didn't have fans. Or is like really well. The T-Mobile, the, T- the T-Mobile arena is where they have fans, but the Apex Center, I, I don't think they do fans. Yeah, you know, I, I believe all pay per views going forward right now is going to have fans. If it's at, uh, if it's a fight night, there won't be fans. I thought it had more to do with the venue than it did the actual card itself. Like I uh, think only Texas, Florida, and Vegas are open for fans. That's what Dana said. He's only going to the states that allow full uh, capacity. Right. That's why these fight this nights... Is, this is... What's up? That's why the fight nights are still at the apex. Yeah, I think the fight nights are... Um, the fight nights are pretty much all at the apex, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of like. I'm looking forward to man. Like after this, I mean, you got your boy Tiago Moises going against Islam Makachev. That's at the Apex Center. Yeah, and Nisha Tate making her return. That pay per view in August. They're going back to Houston. Yep. Looking and you called it, man. I think if Derek Lewis, man, if he pulls that off, holy shit, he's just going to be on fire. I've always been a big fan of Derek Lewis. I want to see him do it. Seal Giles, you know, got that, that rising star potential. Ways, you know, new guy on the block making some noise. Undefeated. He's got uh, really good striking, like overall. But I think Darren Lewis got the, the one-hitter quitter, straight up. <laughs> the, he yeah. got the equalizer. I'm, a, a while back, we brought up this topic. And there, there's two kinds of guys in this sport. And there's guys who are playing a game of MMA where they're good at distance management. They're good at angles. They're really good at fighting technically and scoring points and getting the victories. And then there's the other side of that where there's guys who are just straight up, they just, they just fight. And I think we get a perfect 
blend of that this with that matchup of Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gaon. Because Derek is, he's never out of a fight, and he turns most fights into a dogfight. And that's kind of where he excels, is in those crazy wild exchanges. He can land that power shot and put you away. And one thing about Derek that a lot of heavyweights can't claim is Derek got that power all fight long. From round one to the last minute of round five. Last second. Last second of round five. Most heavyweights got power. But not all fight long. After round two, three, them boys start looking real tired. Real sloppy. Cyril Gunn is the opposite of that, where he looks like a big middleweight. Where he, he's light on his feet, doesn't seem to fatigue or tire at all, doesn't go for any crazy energy expanding techniques where he's like, you know, lunging or overcommitting to anything. He's very, very technical and crisp. So you got one guy who's playing that, the game of MMA, like the, the actual strategy from a technical standpoint. And another dude that's just looking to knock you the fuck out. I can't wait till we talk about that one. Me either. That should be a real good one. And then we still got the whole back burner thing in with um, John trying to put on weight. Francis trying to get paid. John trying to get paid. So we got... It's going to unfold. This... this Second half of the year of fight sports is going to be a very, very interesting one. Oh, yeah, for sure. We don't even know what's coming up yet. After all, we don't know. I think September was the return of Nick Diaz. Yep. That was what announced today. It was in the works. Yeah, a rematch of a, a epic war between. Um, well, we got Nick Diaz returning, but uh, another legend of the sport, Robbie Lawler, looks to be his uh, dance partner. And last time the, 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 those two got together, it was a classic. It was on that Ultimate Knockouts. I forgot which yeah. one. It was on one of them. One of the earlier. That ones. was when. If you remember, that was back when Robbie Lawler had hair. Yes, he had a full head of hair. Yeah. But Nate Diaz, or Nick Diaz looked the same, I think. Yeah. Nick, Nick, Nick don't change very much. He looks pretty much the same guy. That's an interesting one to me. I, I thought about that when they were trying to, when we were trying to guess the opponent. For Nick on his comeback, and I'm like, it, it, I think it makes sense for it to be somebody in that mold. Like they have a name, but it's not somebody that's a huge juggernaut in a division. It's more of a guy who has a big name, but not not in that title picture. 
Hey, they could have done a Condit rematch, too. That's true. And then who's, who's to say they won't afterwards? Because, like, I mean, how long is I mean, is Nick going to stay? Or is, he, or is he taking pop shots? Just come in, fight, you know, one time every so often. Because, I mean, Condon has a big test. We already said that. Like, he has a big test on his hands coming up. Yep. But fuck, if he can, you know, get the win. He's got Max Griffin, right? Yeah. If he can beat Max, then who knows? Maybe. If he and uh, Nick both win, they could probably get that going. I'm for it. I love seeing fights with those two dudes in it, man. I'm, I'm, you sign me up. You know it's not going to be boring with those two. Are you ready to call it? Yeah, man. We got any other news and notes? Nah. That was the only news that I seen was the announcement of uh, Diaz and Lawler in the works. Yeah, I, I didn't see much else. Except, I mean, I saw her. We mentioned the rumors already. So, yeah, we can, we can call it. Um, make it a little quick one for Wednesday. No actually knuckle moments. There was no action last weekend. I we'll um, have some uh, from this card, though. Oh, yeah. I sure hope so. Hopefully, this is uh, one we talk about for um, some time. Because it's going to be a good one. This is, I love these, these rubber matches, man. That's what the, the MMA is pretty much famous for. They, we get to see the top guys fight each other multiple times in their careers. And that's one thing that I say MMA has over boxing is you get to see the matchups you want to see sooner rather than later. Eventually, they'll come around. Right. Like It hasn't happened years in years away from when you think it should. Because most of the time, well, that's, that's, I guess that's the advantage of being run by one management company, like having all the fighters under one roster, is you can kind of force the action a little bit more. Whereas in boxing, you got a bunch of guys, you know, who they don't even like each other. Like, they don't like... Like, you know, Bob Arum, Mayweather, they're not going to make deals. So you got an Arum fighter, and he wants to fight one of Mayweather's guys. They're not going to get a deal done. So it might, it'll take forever if it even comes to it. They ever make a deal. So that's why sometimes you see in boxing, you get the top guys, and they just never fucking, they never fight. Yeah, that's true. But in UFC, not only do they fight. Pacquiao, huh? Pacquiao and Mayweather fight. I mean, the first time they were even talking, started talking about it was the first time I even I ever heard of that fight being a possibility. I think it took them like eight years from that time to get in the ring. Jeez. They both... They had similar opponents on their way, too. Yep. 
Like they were fighting basically the same guys. Like um Pacquiao fought how many times did he fight Marquez? Like ten? <laughs> Enough. You know what I mean? No, I'll say like, like fought, four or five, right? Yeah, he fought Marquez a bunch. Pacquiao fought Marquez at a, a, bu- at a bunch of different weights too. They were they were in those like tiny weight classes back then. Like 130 something. Um and then Mayweather fought Marquez. Then you saw you know then there's like the whole series between Gotti and Ward. They both fought. Both Pacquiao and Mayweather got fought those guys. And then Cotto and um Ricky Hat. Hatton, yeah, like you have. They had all the, those fights in between, fighting each other. Like they didn't, they didn't fight each other for a while, and they were being mentioned around the time of all that. So, and I mean, it's it's been that case for most of the boxing from eight nineteen eighty nine up. A lot of the top guys didn't fight each other to like toward the end of their careers. Like Roy Jones and Antonio Tarver was called not Roy Jones from day one. They didn't fight until you know late in their in Roy, Roy's career. But even though Roy's still fighting technically, he still fought after that uh, loss. Yeah, and then oh, wow. I mean Tyson and. Both Holyfield and Lennox Lewis, that fight didn't happen until, you know, a little bit later. And they were all around the same time. So that's just kind of how it works, though, when you when you have, like, that's kind of what boxing is, in a way. Especially now, like, um, compared to yesterday's boxers. They, they just get in, get in there. They were more like UFC, where they were just... It was important to fight the best. That's that was that was what your claim to being a champ was. Is like not only did I fight the best, but I beat the best guys. Instead of Neil's taking that easy path, it was like I I had like a curated path to the title, and I'm the champ because I just have the belt. They had a lot more pride back then. So we're gonna give some dash and knuckle moment to the old school. All those old school boxers, all those old school guys, you know what I mean? Hats off to y'all for making the sport what it is today and paving the way for everybody, especially um, guys like me who love to watch. Appreciate you. You get the ash knuckle moment of the week. All you old school brawlers, boxers, knockout artists. Holla at your boy. Zip it up. Zip it out. La 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 la